doesn't work. Uh, let's fix this. Give me one second. Praise the Lord, everybody. God bless you. All right. I sent my computer out to be fixed. I think I got it. All right. Well, praise the Lord again. God bless you. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Miller Time. I am so glad that you're here. Amen. This is indeed the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, it's not a church service, but we are church people. We're not just Christians. We're, we're church people. So I said, I, I, I'm not into church. I'm into Jesus. Jesus is into church. They go together. You can't have one without the other. Oh, I can have a relationship with the Lord without the church. No, you cannot. Everything in the Bible, everything in the New Testament church is about the one anothering of the saints. You don't make stuff up. Amen. So it's not a church service. It's an opinion show. This is just a preacher in South Jersey, well, really Central Jersey, sharing his heart on the events of the day and those that I serve and lead, and for those of you that follow us here on Miller Time, I am grateful for your trust as we go forward and talk. There's there's so many things to talk about today, um, and there's so many things I'm not going to talk about, but you know why we're here. We're not here to call out the world for being the world. We're here to call the church out for not being the church, and that's the issue here. We're not a gossip program. We don't do any of that stuff, but when issues arise, we have to do what we have to do to be salt and light. All right. All right. Even though it's not a church service, we don't want to do anything that the Lord isn't present in. So let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for this day, for your goodness, your mercy towards us. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for blessing us this day. Thank you for your hand upon our lives. God, you've been so good. Thank you, God, for even the small things. God, even the plate from Joanna today. Thank you for that plate, God. Lord, we bless you. Lord, you're a wonderful Savior. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Miss Bridget's cake. Lord, the little things. Lord, you're great and greatly to be praised. Lord, bless our time together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. It's Tuesday, and I'm very thankful to the Lord. Amen for everything. So praise the Lord. I did get two slices of Miss Bridget's. Uh, I think it was strawberry shortcake. Uh, good job, Miss Bridget. Amen. And to all of you, so many of you here tonight, Reverend Sue, good to see you. Uh, hey, Ms. Tracy and, and, and others. Uh, uh, Leonard Skinner, good to see you also. All right. Good old Butch. Um, old Mother Hubbard, you call her Margot. Amen. I've never seen somebody that I've never seen without children a day in my life. All right, Cindy, all of you, hey, we're glad for you and thank God that you're here tonight. I want to jump right into all that we have to do, do tonight. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get through all of it. I never do. But hey, you guys love me and we, we work it out. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. In the news tonight, a whole bunch of stuff is going on, right? At midnight tonight, all unvaccinated nurses and healthcare workers in, this, in, in New York are fired. 
as of midnight tonight. How you feel about that? Um, huh. Let's just back up before we go any further. Before you tell me how you feel about that, let me ask you a companion question that before you tell me how you feel about that should go together. How do you feel about an unvaccinated nurse taking care of you if you're in the hospital? How do you feel about nurses losing their jobs because they're unvaccinated? I'm sorry, but those two questions have to go together. Because a lot of times we make decisions that have to do with how it affects um, you know, other people. But we think differently when it has to do with us. So I'm, I'm a little curious as to your opinion um, tonight. Um, I think it's a little strong and it's going to make some people wish they still had Governor Cuomo, but um, you got what you got. Um, I haven't been following her much. She seems like she's very capable and is handling her business. Um, but how do you feel about that? All right. After midnight tonight, they're gone. Clearly, if this was Texas or Florida, um, it would probably be a state of emergency. They probably need the National Guard. However, um, just for me, this is just for me. If I'm in the hospital, I hope I never have to go anytime soon, but I'm just saying if I'm in the hospital, I would be one of those kind of patients. And I'm telling you right now, I'd be asking all kinds of questions. Before you come in here, hey, you vaccinated? All right, you need a second mask. You need to put one over your ears. I mean, I, I just, somebody just uh, posted, I, I, I missed who said it, uh, that somebody else got COVID. Uh, that got COVID in the hospital, right? Now, one person said, I have no problem with it. And it angers me that anyone thinks that you should be able to force anyone to put that in their body. Um, D says, I still don't believe it should be forced on them. The vaccine was definitely pushed to market prematurely. Um, why would a nurse choose to be unvaccinated? I understand from both perspectives, but it's, but it's occupational and people entrust us to their care. Um, Good to hear some healthcare people say something. And I, I think I saw Sheila said something earlier because there's some mass um, exodus in the medical field, just like in the educational field. So get ready. Um, as you know, I'm a principled individual. I don't get caught up in the weeds. All right. But let me just throw something out there. And I'm not even going to form a conclusion, I don't think, but I'm going to leave it up to you because you're wise people, you're smart people, and you need to think this through. All right. Vaccination mandates is an American tradition. Let me just throw that out there. Right. Vaccination mandates is American tradition. I hear you, D, that, you know, this thing came to market prematurely wouldn't be a, a good word as it would be a fast maybe longer than, you know, shorter than usual. However, 
millions of people have been vaccinated now. There hasn't been never a clinical study of this magnitude in the history of clinical studies. So we have enough now to know, to be able to form some kind of conclusion about the vaccine. Here's my issue though with all of this, and I'll be very honest with you, and you can, you can um, dice this any way you want to. I think there's something wrong and there's something very privileged and arrogant when you're saying such and such is my choice, but I want no consequences of that choice. It is my choice not to get vaccinated, right? And you can't stop me from going anywhere. So how about everybody else's choice and everybody else's right? Maybe they should find a way that, you know, patients get to put on their thing, whether um, you're okay with being treated by someone who is unvaccinated. I know, listen to me, I know as Americans, we naturally shy away from anything that's mandatory, right? So that rubs people wrong. You don't have time for me to talk about all the things in America that's already mandatory. All right. Um, Taritha said something and I think it's worth reading. You know, I like reading from people in the field. I've been a nurse 40 years. The vaccine development time is not necessarily unusual. Too many don't know the public health history. Here's the thing about the vaccine development time. It's amazing to me how something that should have been a blessing and a celebration and a mark of American ingenuity and scientific breakthrough that America led the world in coming up with a vaccine so fast and somehow it got turned into being something negative, right? Right, Nancy, I get your point, but I have, I have some notes to speak to that issue, which is why I'm saying let me let me let me use John Hallerman's words and not mine to speak to that issue. Um, Mary um, Dominguez says it, it wasn't fast. It's 2021. Aren't we technologically and scientifically advanced enough to make a vaccine as quickly as we did? That's exactly the point that I'm making, that this should have been a we should have been celebrating this. It should have put our country back on the map that we did this in such a record time. But it's kind of tough because the administration under which the vaccine was developed was the, are the people and were the people that's telling people not to take the vaccine. So you can see how that can create a lot of confusion. All right. This is what John Holloman says. We are a stupid, ignorant, petty nation. His words, not mine. If what was demanded of us after 9-11 to take off our shoes, throw away our $5 bottle of smart water before we went through the security checkpoint, arrive at the airport two extra hours earlier than usual, submit to additional random searches, even bodily searches at time being brought into private rooms to be searched because you were randomly selected. If that had happened as a measure to keep us safe, this generation in 2021 would protest, would decry the loss of personal freedoms and rights and eventually would start burning down airports. Now, this is the problem why this is such an issue. 
because I'm kind of with you that nobody should necessarily be forced to do something. But I also believe, I also believe that if you have strong enough convictions, you kind of need to deal with the consequences of those convictions, right? <sighs> Reverend Sue says, this reminds me of the pastor whose video clip you showed a few weeks ago. This is the atmosphere the devil loves, confusion on every side and in ways that are bewildering, right? Listen, this week, a nurse was punched in the face several times for giving a COVID shot to a man's wife without his permission. I didn't even know that in the 21st century America, wives still checked with their husbands about anything. I thought that was old, but that's a whole nother story. This is Miller time. Y'all just got to deal with me dealing with this stuff. All right. Because any other thing that would be a problem. A hostess in New York City was beat up by a group from Texas because she would not let them in without a mask. Right? Beat up. No, beat up. The host was little five foot four inch white lady. I, I felt sorry. Fortunately, some good Samaritans jumped in. But look on the flip side of this. Look at the flip side of this. A couple. This is the couple from, from Texas in New York. On the other side of it, a couple tried to get into Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles without a mask and got dragged. I wonder what's the difference there. A couple in Florida was turned away and refused service because they were wearing a mask. Okay. The list of flight attendants and concerned passengers who have been assaulted by anti-maskers is too long to even mention. See, this stuff is kind of very simple to me. It's kind of very simple to me, right? Make your decisions. You, it's okay for you to make your decisions, but just deal with the consequences of making your decisions. You know? You don't have to get vaccinated. You don't even have to wear a mask if you want to. You, you don't want to go on the plane and put on a mask? Then drive. Or don't go. Because you're not the only one on the plane and other people have rights also. I, you have to kind of go into the mindset of the individual that says, I'm not doing it. And I am not paying any price for doing it. And, and I don't care about who is offended by what I do or who that makes uncomfortable. That level, that level of arrogance and superiority and privilege is what's wrong. Boo-boo, you don't want to wear a mask. It's like the woman in Florida that because she was Muslim, she didn't want to take off her stuff to get a driver's license. Somebody said, well, she shouldn't made, be made to take her stuff off. She don't have to take off her stuff. She just have to get a bicycle. It's not that deep. Uh, I, th I thought I saw Tina. Yes. Hey, hey, Tina, how are you, baby girl? Lord Jesus, that's my sister, like, like real sister, raised sister. Amen. Tyler, good to see you. Good to, or at least to be seen by you, right? If, if, if you don't want to do that, you just have to deal with the consequences. There are things as a Christian, right? There are things as a Christian I'm not going to do. 
and I'm uncomfortable with. So you know what I do? The places where those things happen, I can't go. <laughs> what, I should say the fact that I'm coming here, then you should change what you do? That's arrogance. That's pride. It's superiority. And when it's all said and done, when it's all said and done, we can call it whatever we want to. But when it's all said and done, there's race. There's race sitting at the bottom of this because you're seeing the, the, the majority of people that's caught up in this. It's people that are saying, I have a right to do what I want to do and nobody's going to tell me this is my country. I'm going to go to what Mom Miller just said. I go out and I buy a Lamborghini, right? These things can fly. Who are you to tell me that after I've worked hard to buy this expensive piece of machine that I have to drive it 65 miles an hour? And the same, the same idiots, these same privileged racist idiots that are saying the same thing are the same people that are turning around and saying, um, well, you know, you can't make me do this. It's wrong for you to, to force me to do this, but this turn around and they'll say things like, um, let's send the immigrants back because we're a nation of laws. So what we treat them harbor, we, we have laws, Mar Marjorie Taylor Greene. We're a nation of laws. They shouldn't be coming here. They should come here the legal way as if there is really a way for people of African descent to come to America the legal way. It's not a real thing. For those of you that don't know, it's not a real thing. I know like Nigeria has, and most of Africa has a lottery system, almost a name in a hat, right? If you're from Jamaica or or and and you have a nursing degree, especially if you got a nursing degree from from UWE, from the University of the West Indies, you probably can get there faster. It's easier for you to get to America the legal way, right? From an anti-American country such as the former president's wife came from, it's easier to get here the legal way from an anti-American country than it is to get here from a from a uh, from a from an African descendant country that has no issues with the United States whatsoever. Yeah. Why are you tripping on Caribbean people? And, and I take this personal. Why are you tripping on, on Jamaican people that's coming? You know, last time I came through immigration and I got caught with, you know, not caught, but they singled me out for, for extra security and so forth and so on. And I'm sitting there like, what are you afraid of? What's the worst case scenario? What's the worst case scenario? Some weed, some ackee, and, and, and a roast breadfruit. That's the, that's the extent of the damage that I'm going to cause. Right? In fact, I was sharing with somebody today. The last time I came through immigration, they stopped me and asked me, uh, uh, what do you do for a living? This is JFK. I said, well, I'm a pastor. Well, hold on. We'll see about that. I'm like, wow, this is a little aggressive aggressive. So I got pulled into a private room, waited for about 35 minutes for somebody to come out to talk to me. The person finally came out and talked to me and he said, um, hi, how are you? I said, I'm doing fine. He said, uh, so you're a pastor. Um, he said, uh, yes. And he said to me, uh, well, what are the first four books of the Bible called? 
Yes. That's what he said. What are the four, four books of the Bible called? So I said, well, sir, if you're a marginal Christian that only have a Bible that you got from the Gideons in a hotel room that you went to and not a serious Christian, I think what you're looking for is the Gospels. But if you're a true Christian that went to Sunday school and actually love God and love the scriptures and have a whole Bible with all 66 books, the first four is called nothing. The first five is called the Pentateuch, which is what you're looking for, I think, but you don't know that's what it is because you sound to me like you really don't go to church that often. You don't have to be smart about it. No, you draw me in here. You better know what you're talking about. We better be real about what's going on here. This is horrible, right? Of course, I had a, it was a little fleshy and I unloaded on dude for no reason. But people come here from the Middle East, you know, the, the places they make bombs regularly. And you're cool with them, but 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 somehow, you know, call it <laughs> call it whatever you want, right? Call it whatever you want. But <laughs> you you're not looking for you you're not concerned. Behind all of this is your hate. And we need to be very careful as to what's happened. Now. I want you to, I want to prove to you where some of this foolishness is coming from. I want you to see um, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp explain to us why all of this is wrong. This is like a 35 second clip. Check this clip out real quick. So we've had vaccines for measles, for polio, for smallpox, for swine flu. How is this different? Well, I think it's different in a lot of ways because it's so new. Uh, even though it's very safe, it's very effective. We know that. I believe that. There are people that have doubt that's out there because they haven't been uh, all three fully authorized yet. And then mixed right. messaging right. out of the Biden administration. And plus, just like the AIDS vaccine, mandate net didn't work. It only worked when they started educating people why it was a good idea. That's what we need to continue to do uh, with the COVID vaccine. So let's just think about All right. I hope you were paying attention to that. I heard that. Um, <laughs> yeah, G, you're right. That's the first thing you had to be thinking about. We got one of them educated negras in here. All right. Um, that's Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia. And he's explaining, first of all, the first thing he's saying is that mixed messages is coming out of the Biden administration. Okay, we have enough division be a leader and act like it for a second. Let me explain to you why the AIDS vaccine didn't work. The AIDS vaccine did not work because the AIDS vaccine did not exist. <laughs> Had it existed, it might've worked. The AIDS vaccine is till this day, possibly a condom or sanctification or safe practices. But there has not been, ever been, an AIDS vaccine. And you have the governor of a state getting on national television talking about mixed messages. What's worse, mixed message or stupid messages? 
right? But that's the kind of stuff that's coming out of our leaders. And we wonder why we're in the mess that we are in. To blame the fact that these, uh, the other three that do not have um, any authorization to, to blame vaccine hesitancy on that. And, and you ask yourself then, how come it's mostly people of a political, a certain political, mostly people of a certain political stripe that's having most of the hesitancy. And, and here's the sad part. People are having vaccine hesitancy from somebody who got vaccinated and is now trying to change his mind and it's not working. That's the kind of nonsense that we're dealing with it. And, and until, until we get some sense and some sensible people doing the talking, right? There was, there, there, in fact, we, I can't even believe you mentioned AIDS. There was never an issue about any AIDS medication whatsoever. Never, right? The issue with AIDS was always risky behaviors that we were not willing to give up as a country. Too bad we don't have a strong church anymore with a strong sense of holiness because that would have helped. But because the church now is just losing its mind, right? I'm sure all of y'all heard it this week. I won't get into name call it. I heard one preacher this week explaining the kind of like the thesis of the piece I heard was um, he's going to solve once and for all um, what belongs on grits, sugar or cheese. I think it was, and he explained why it's not sugar and sugar is not in the Bible, and 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 why you don't want sugar on your gospel and so forth and so on. And people were on their feet bringing money to the altar. What whatever, and right. <laughs> We're not gonna have any impact on the world when we have that kind of stuff happening. But 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 that's another story for another day. But a weak church is of no value when things like this happen. Mom, that's actually a sermon for real. And I went through, I didn't hear the rest of it, but I went through because I want to hear the comments. And I saw other bishops in the Lord's church talking about, man, I can't wait. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do the same thing this week. And I'm, I'm, I'm hearing all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Read what Reverend Sue said. She said it. <sighs> if you think that's bad. You haven't seen anything yet. I'm sure you notice I segued from there to the church because the church is in deep trouble. The church is in deep trouble. When I saw this clip, let me tell you, I thought of um, Sister Beverly Garrison. And I thought of Sister Beverly just because um, she came out of a church that, um, I won't say the name, and I'm sure, I could, and I'm only not saying more because I didn't talk to her first to make sure I could even say her name. If I shouldn't say your name, Bev, I'm so sorry. Um, and. I'm uncomfortable even calling you Bev because we're not peers and I shouldn't call you by your first name, but, 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 but forgive me. But I thought about her because a lot of these preachers she would be familiar with as I am familiar with. I've read their books. I've heard them preach. And, um, but this 
climate that we're living in has brought out something very different out of everybody, out of everybody. I want you to check out this next clip. Now, let me set this clip up. Let me set this clip up. It's a news clip. The newscasters that are critiquing the clip are absolute morons, right? They're absolute idiots. They're their philosophical assessment and rebuttal to what's going on in the clip is absolutely logically and philosophically incoherent, right? They just have issues with it and they, they didn't do their homework. And these are absolute idiots. I'm so sorry. And I'm not saying they're idiots in the general sense. I'm saying they're specifically idiots. I'm, I'm saying what there's an evil that's coming out of them that is something other, right? But there's something else coming out of the church. Check this next clip out. This is a little lengthy, but it's worth listening to. Gospel preacher Kenneth Copeland is at it again. Uh, he's not happy with the private jets he currently owns. So he is calling on his parishioners to uh, donate enough money for him to buy a new one. Let's watch. The time has come for ministries, particularly traveling ministries, to have some other weapon method of travel yes, sir. other than the airlines. Right. Yes, sir. Great. Um, you get into this situation, we're not going to let you fly unless you're vaccinated. Well, to me, that's the mark of the beast. To me, that is the mark of the beast. Also, um, he's very transparent about the fact that uh, he doesn't want to be around people. Uh, he said the following, Copeland, who owns a fleet of private jets and an airport, also <laughs> griped that he needs to fly privately because too many people want to talk to him on commercial flights. Oh, What could he do? What man. could he do? I mean, he's already got a fleet of private jets and an airport. But he's got to have that one additional private jet, Jake. Yeah, so we're going to go to some of the other pastors and and how they they're just they're amazing. They're the most brazen people I've ever seen. And say, yeah, I want your goddamn money, and you're not going to get into heaven unless you give it to me. And don't they're talk unbelievable. to me. <laughs> yeah, they're unbelievable. And and if Jesus hated one thing, it was the masses. <laughs> Can you imagine, guys? How do you believe this? And by the way, this is why a lot of people died and are continuing to die because prosperity preachers, right wing evangelical Christian leaders are telling everybody, don't get the vaccine, it's the mark of the beast. I've now heard that over and over and over again, mark of the beast, mark of the beast. Because these people are cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Look, I don't care, we're, we're real reporters, we're, we're, we're not mainstream media news actors. They'll tell you, well, it's, uh, we, we, you know, we don't offend anyone, we can't tell if it's the mark of the beast or not. Uh, that's the religious views, religious views, I can't, I can tell. There's no such thing as the mark of the beast. It's lunatic fantasies, it's mythology. It's like saying, no, 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 don't take it. That was touched by Loki's staff. Okay, cuckoo, totally cuckoo. So you can get mental health counseling. There is no such thing as Mark of the Beast. Okay, anyway, uh, but he says, give me money, give me money, give me money. He has so many places he needs an airport, unbelievable. Here's what Jesus actually said, Matthew 19, 24. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So let's say you have to read an incredibly long email from your boss that you have to finish before the big meeting starts. That's in the Bible. 
Why don't you read the Bible? Okay, like there's actually good things in the Bible. A sermon on the mountain is fantastic. Jesus was a really interesting character. Okay, whether you believe in him or not, he said a lot of wonderful things. Read the Bible. He said, you cannot get into heaven if you're rich. I just read you the quote, right? And these guys are like, no, I'm not rich enough. Give me more money. I wonder if it's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a guy who owns airports to enter the kingdom of God. Okay, and then one more from Mark 10, 21. Jesus said, quote, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. And these guys say, no, give everything you have to the rich, already rich, so they could buy their eighth private jet. And people believe them. And part of the reason is the media is, oh, no, 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 it's religious. I can't tell, I can't tell. I'm not gonna say anything. No, tell people what they actually are. Obvious scam artists, they're not even religious. They're all crooks. They're the most obvious crooks in the world. Here, here's more. Um, he also thinks that people who fly commercial tend to be demons. Let's watch that. Now, oil used to fly airlines, right? But it, even back there then, man, <laughs> it, it got to the place where it was agitating his spirits. Sure. People coming up to him. He right. had become famous, and they wanting him to pray for him and right. all that. You you can't you you can't manage that today, right? The, this dope-filled world, right? Get in an air, get in a long too with a bunch of demons. Right, that's exactly the And it, it's deadly. And, and it works on you hard. It really does. Man, there's no justice in the world. There just isn't. This, this story depresses me. I'm All right. I cut it, it gets worse. It gets much worse. Um, right after he's done, Jesse Duplantis comes on. And what Jesse said, I have to quote what Jesse Duplantis said. Jesse says, I believe the only reason the rapture has not happened yet is because God's people aren't given the kind of money they're supposed to give. Now, now keep in mind now, this is this is bad for me to talk about just before pastor's appreciation, right? Dumb idea. So let me just throw that out there. We should give, we should give to people we know and how God's using them. Yes, we should. But first of all, these clowns on the broadcast makes no sense, right? Jesus never said, you can't go to heaven if you're rich. Jesus never told everybody to sell everything they have and give to the poor. The man didn't quote not one single solitary scripture that was said in context that has anything possible to do with anything that the Bible was saying. That being said, neither did the preachers. <laughs> neither did the preachers. Now, if you get the rest of that video, I probably should have played it. If you get the rest of that video, what he gets into is exactly why he is not buying the COVID story. Um, yes, Jesse's a pastor. Now, Jesse doesn't pastor. Jesse is one of, Jesse Duplantis is the person you will see just about every major white evangelical conference because Jesse's gonna come in and preach on money and he's gonna raise tens of thousands, depending on the size of the church, maybe hundreds of thousands. Excuse me, hundreds of thousands of dollars. 
See, but let me say this. This is not their fault. This is y'all's fault. Not y'all, but y'all. This is y'all's fault. If there's no market for this stuff, nobody goes. Nobody listens. Right? I know you can be in that environment and you be in it for so long and you you so listen to that um hanging carrot and you hear it for so long that you become intoxicated by it and so forth and so on. Um, Val, you're right. But why don't you read your Bible that you know better? I mean, this, now let me be clear. You're going to say, Pastor, you're sitting there. It's so easy for you to say you went to seminary. You spent 10 years at Hayford. You did this, you did that, and so forth and so on. Let me be very clear. I had better sense in Sunday school in a third world country. I had better knowledge of the scriptures from going to family training hour and using the Sunday school quarterlies and YPWW and HYPBs. There was the, you don't need seminary to realize, but this thing must speak to something that is already in you. There is, there is something that, and you got to be careful. If, you, if you're raising it, I understand it. But, 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 but let me tell you something. This stuff is so outrageous. At the end of the clip, at the end of the clip is when he pronounces judgment on COVID and sends it back to the pit from whence it came. And that's when he goes after um, vaccines. That's when he goes after masks and so forth and so on, because you don't need vaccines or masks because the blood of Jesus handles all of that, right? You don't even need to read your Bible to know that born into a fallen world, the blood of Jesus creates a potentiality for that which the will of the Lord designs that when we meet it with faith that it does, but our faith never, never manipulates God and, and our fallenness will not be completely resolved until we see Jesus, amen. Right. And we know that. We absolutely know that. Right. And, and, and if and if you shouldn't wear masks because you should have faith, then you shouldn't take insulin because you should have faith. Right. Where's my faith? That right now I can't see anything. I mean, what are we talking about here? We're talking like we're walking in this level of deliverance that's, you know, analogous to, to, to what Jesus, you know, was doing when he walked the face of the earth. Uh, this is crazy. This is crazy. And people, now let's, let, let's be very clear. These people have tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that listen to them and send their money to them over and over again for just simple things that you could just... Google and find out that this is not what the Bible is saying. You could take that same scripture he quoted in Google. What does such and such chapter verse mean? And you'd have a better understanding that this guy, because he didn't do that at all. Why are you quoting scriptures? First of all, you're saying there's no such thing as Mark of the Beast. Well, the Bible talks about the Mark of the Beast. So for you to say there's no such thing, you must say that the Bible isn't right. But then you turn around and try to quote the Bible because you want to disparage this guy or, or make him look terrible and so forth and so on. Pick a team. Either the Bible is there, is real or it's not. Are you following what I'm saying here? But I don't think it's just them. 
I think the body of Christ has gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's not just these preachers. It's not just them. When you get to the point that we start pre, you know, the prosperity message has always been sketchy, right? And I've always thought that the prosperity message was sketchy because it's a message that's purely American, right? I believe in absolute truth, that what is true need to be true for all people, all places and all times. It can't just be true in America. It needs to be true in Calcutta and in Zimbabwe and the uttermost parts of the earth. That whole prosperity message was only true in developed countries. And it was a self-fulfilling self prophecy for the people who preached it because it worked much better for those who preached it than those who heard it. Because intrinsic into the prosperity message, stay with me here now, intrinsic into the prosperity message was the idea that the only way you could be blessed was tied to the universal law of seed time and harvest, right? So if you want this prosperity that's coming to you, you have to sow prosperity into me. So the message was the fulfillment for those of us who preached it. Pastor, you're saying you don't believe in seed time and harvest. I absolutely do. Pastor, you don't feel that God wants to prosper his people. I absolutely do. I don't think prosperity means the same thing for all of us. I don't think God wants all of us to be rich. I don't think God wants all of us to be wealthy. I think God loves some of us too much to give us too much money. I think some of us are going to live by faith. I think most people that we see in the scriptures that we write about and read about weren't the prosperous ones. And here is the big test of it all. The attribute of Jesus that is displayed and God being the, the express image, right? rather Christ being the express image. In other words, all that we know about God is in his revelation of himself, which is in his son, Jesus Christ. All that we learn about him, he expressed himself and revealed himself to us in the person of Christ as the lowly crucified savior that compared himself that he was less than the foxes who had holes and the birds had nests. And he didn't even have a place to lay his head. So he's saying to them, count the cost because I ain't got no money to offer you. But if you listen to the plantis, he will let you know that uh, Jesus was not poor because he had at least 12 people on his payroll. That's, that's how that's framed. You know, Jesus had at least 12 people on his payroll and he, he was doing all this stuff and all this stuff. None of that is true, beloved. And to the extent that you bought it, you know, I was in church one time and one of the prosperity preachers was preaching and I couldn't get there fast enough because he was saying how blessed he was and he took his Rolex off and he slid it across the stage and I couldn't get to it fast enough to intercept it because the way I read the scripture, the idea of you giving your Rolex to somebody who already had a couple of Rolexes is not the biblical idea of giving. Jesus said, if you're going to give, the blessedness is in giving to somebody who does not have the ability to give back to you. And since I have an Apple Watch two series ago that is cracked straight down the middle, 
it seems like if anybody should have got the Rolex, it should have been me. And I was too far you know, from where the sliding happened because I sure would have intercepted it and celebrated like I had an interception on Monday night football and said, this is, this is what the Bible says. I don't even know. He probably got his watch back after church. Guys, we can't keep this up. I'm telling you right now, our nation won't survive our nation will not survive with such a weak, emaciated church. And most of the stuff that we're talking about tonight is what's happened in most of the prosperity, mostly white churches, right? But let's be clear. Don't fool yourself. The foolishness in the black church? Whew. Yo, what belongs on grits? That's what we're talking about. I heard another one the other day. I think Garfield said, I'm going to remember what it was. And, and that's that's the level of silliness that's happening. You know, um, the newest thing is as much hip hop and R&B as you can inject into your service. <laughs> Sharon said, I should have got that Rolex, sold it, bought an Invicta and saved the rest. Somebody offered me a Rolex one time and said they're going to get me a deal on it. And I had one simple question that they couldn't answer. Um, what does it do beside tell time? And he said, well, nothing. I'm like, so it don't do anything more than my watch. Okay. All right. So, yeah. Yes, dude. And the, by the way, the message went viral, just so we, just so we clear. Um, it, it went viral. The issue was what, what belongs on grits. Maybe we should take a poll right now. And see if it's sugar or cheese. I do cheese and butter. Right? Betty Ann says she does butter. Right? My kids don't eat grits at all. Nancy said it's sugar. Well, if you listen to the message, it can't be sugar because sugar is not in the Bible. <laughs> Tracy, you don't eat grits either. Well, we, I tried to get my boys to eat grits. Uh, what's the face? Andrew asked me, what is a grit? <laughs> right? Read Sue's comment about Mother Teresa. I remember that. That's, that's good stuff. See, thank you. Let, let, let me, let me uh, it's good to know. I want to know what you put on grits. By the way, thank you, Pastor Shai. I didn't hear the end of it. Pastor Shai just informed me that the end, the, the answer is salt. Get it? Get the spiritual analogy? Salt? Because we are the salt of the earth? Y'all ain't checking with me here. You know, sugar rots your teeth. I'm feeling it, right? I'm feeling it. Yeah, you don't need sugar because sugar, sugar rots your teeth. Gar garlic mom hazel messes with your breath and, and cheese, the dairy can, can bother you, but salt and, and salt speaks of the fact that you're the salt of the earth and, 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 and so forth and so on. But, um, in the story, who is the grits? <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
<laughs> Thanks, ma'am. Y'all get, get it? It can't be sugar because you know, sugar ain't nothing, but salt is a preservative. Jesus called us to be the, the salt of the earth. And so for, you, you get that. Salt, salt is a preservative. Salt that cures things. Salt. Oh, I, I feel my help coming on right now. It, it's salt. It, it, if, you can, if you can just put salt, salt in the water, if you got a toothache and you don't have anything else, there's something about salt, especially when it's pure salt, not the old salt, you know, that was in the Old Testament that, that had negative properties that so forth, but 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 real salt like we have now. When 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 food have no salt, it has no taste. When there's no taste, there's no savor. When there's no savor, there's no appetite. When there's no appetite, there's no attraction. Oh, y'all ain't helping me preach this here tonight. You 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 got to understand what salt does. It also gives you diabetes. High blood pressure. Y'all 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 ain't gonna say nothing to me today. I can't hear nobody in here today. I, I hope you get the point I'm trying to make. Um, <laughs> shy, I hear you, right? I, I hope you get the point I want. I'm, I'm trying to make. It's one thing for the world to be off. It's one thing for the world to be crazy. But it doesn't get dangerous because the world is crazy. It, it gets troubling and it's concerning. But I tell you, when it gets dangerous, it gets dangerous when the church gets crazy. When the church no longer knows its mission. You know, I believe God will prosper some of us, but godliness with contentment still got to be great gain. The Bible speaks in Hebrews about the heroes of faith. And they said these men wandered in daves and dens and, 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 and in deserts, destitute of food and clothes. They wandered and were hungry. But these men also shut the mouths of lions and conquered kingdoms. And in the end, they lived such faithful lives that the world was not worthy of them. And they were so committed to this that the Bible says, the Bible now says, these all died in faith without ever receiving the promise. But having seen them afar off was assured of them. Why? Because faith was the substance of things over and faith was the evidence of that which had not even manifested itself. And they died believing God. They one more time, they died believing God because their faith in God was even more sure than the physical manifestation of the thing for which they were praying. And it's a horrible place and a horrible. Oh, this is not Sunday morning, but it's a horrible place and a horrible time when the manifestation of the thing is more important than our confidence that we have in God, that even if it happens after I'm out of here, even if it happens in the next generation, God is faithful. And if God doesn't manifest it in front of my eyes, the fact that while I was believing God, that I was growing and I was getting to know God and God was working his way in me and I was becoming more like him. And the more I spent time in his 
presence because you can't have an encounter in his presence and leave the same. There will always be a change of some sort. And the fact that God is doing something in me, even if the manifestation does not happen in my lifetime, thank God that being with Jesus has been worth it. It's been a benefit. And I give God the praise and the glory in advance. I am not the kind of Christian, neither should you be, that need a physical manifestation to trust and believe God. There is no time that you come to God that it becomes a waste that you don't leave better off than you came. And so these men in scriptures prove that to us. They died in faith, believe in God. And the reason why they stayed, the Bible said, because they were assured of something much better. I wish to God that preachers would start preaching that there's something much better. Nobody's excited about heaven or the prospects of going to heaven or what is required to go to heaven because we are preaching a message that makes this the best. And Jesus said, they were believing for something much better. He used to sing a song that says, heaven is better than this. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people because everybody that dies now go to heaven. I'm going to be the last holdout. I'm committed to doing that, right? I'm committed to being the last holdout. I ain't calling no unsaved person a king. I'm not calling no unsaved person a queen. If you're not in the kingdom, you're just lost. We no longer believe in the lostness of humanity. I tell you Sunday, because we now put humanity's problem in psychological terms, preachers now feel compelled that we must offer people a couch and not a cross. Because you can't tell people you're lost and you're sin sick and you're, you're, you're spiritually bankrupt, you're depraved, and without Christ, there is no savior. You listen to the guy in the newscaster, Jesus was a wonderful person. No, he was not. Oh, he said some wonderful things. No, he did not. There's nothing wonderful about walking out and calling people a generation of vipers. There's nothing wonderful in, about standing in front of a mob of people and says, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. There's nothing wonderful. Nobody in Jesus' day that didn't believe he was the son of God was saying, man, what a great man he is. No, nobody was saying that. Hmm. I'm still over here. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I lay down. I will cling to the old rugged cross. Still, in the 21st century, right now. And exchange it someday for a that's why it's so easy for us to get caught up, caught up in foolishness because we've lost sight of the cross.
Sorry for the bad singing. Couldn't find a binds tonight. People. Don't lose sight of God, y'all. Our Redeemer lives. Watch the news. Watch just enough to know what's going on. The lostness of humanity has made people crazy. Guys, we've, we've been at this for a long time. Thanks, Mom Miller. We've been at this for a long time. You don't have to go out there and say every preacher is crazy and everybody is a charlatan. That's not the case. But boy, this season that we're living in done pulled the cover off of a lot of people. A lot of people. You know, the hospital in, where is it? I don't know where it was. I talked about it a little bit last week, I think. It's the Conway Regional Health System. I don't know where it is, but that's the name of it. The Conway Regional, it's in Arkansas, or if you're from Atlantic Cities, Arkansas. I hear you, D. I'm trying not to make this a church service. I remember the first time I met Bishop Hargrove, and he said something about coming into Atlantic City and coming down one street and making a left on Arkansas. I'm like, Arkansas? Till I found out everybody in Atlantic City calls it Arkansas. But this health system in Arkansas made all the individuals that's ask, that asking for religious exemption from COVID vaccines that they also sign a release, a waiver to say they also will not take Tylenol, Pepto-Bismol, aspirin, Tums, Lipitor, Senecott, Motrin, Ibuprofen, Maalox, Xlox, Xlax, Benadryl, Sudafed, Albuterol, Preparation H, that got them, the MMR vaccine, Claritin, Zoloft, Prilosect, OTC and azithromycin. You know what this guy was trying to say? You bootleg scientists that Wikipedia your view about the vaccine. Just realize if you did some real research, the same issues you're having with the vaccine, you should also have with all those medications because they have more in common than you know. Pastor, why are you such a advocate for the vaccine? You have no idea I am not, but my faith is in Jesus Christ. I don't expect Jesus Christ to save me from stupid decisions, nor am I willing, <laughs> nor am I willing to deny the fact that God has used man all throughout history to do some wonderful things as evil as we are. I'm not creating end time prophetic things out of nothing. The vaccine is not the mark of the beast. If that's the mark of the beast, I will switch the mark of the beast for racism. 
It's amazing. You don't have much to say about people like me dying regularly, but somehow the vaccine just is the last straw for you. George Floyd wasn't. Sandra Bland wasn't. None of that got you to the point that you say, I have to do something. Nah, the vaccine. And keep in mind that the vaccine just when we changed administration became a problem because everybody was celebrating in every church because the orange savior was going to get us a vaccine and we were going to be happy. Oper Remember Operation Warp Speed? It was the orange savior and his buddy, the false prophet Mike Pence. <laughs> Exactly, Urban Pat. God help us. Keep your wits about you, people. The cross is alone. The cross alone is enough. Jesus plus nothing. You know, there's a passage of scripture. I'm done. There's a passage of scripture in um, Joel where Joel says, this is that which was spoken. Well, it's in it's in the New Testament, but it refers to a passage in Joel. It said, "This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last day, saith God." And he goes into some of you know the passage. My father used to always tell us when it comes to the Word of God. He said, "I believe this is that, and if this ain't that, I'm gonna hold on till this till that shows up." So, me and my house, beloved, we gonna cling to the old rugged cross. My grandmama used to talk about the old ship of Zion. It has landed many of thousands. Get on board. Get on board. Get on board. I'm done. You know I want to pray, right? Y'all all right? Y'all all right with that? I know it's no, it's not a church service, but y'all all right if I just pray for you? I have done my best. Thank you, D. I have done my best to separate this from a church service, but let me just pray for you tonight. Deception is all around. I want God to keep your hearts and keep your minds. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your people tonight. Thank you for your grace upon their lives. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that you would so fill us now with your spirit. Give us a renewed love for your word, a renewed love for truth. God, help us to love you with all that we have and all that we are. God, I pray tonight in Jesus' name. God, we're not the police for the church, and we're not here to be cynical or to be critical, but God, thank you for giving us discernment to know the spirit of error. And Father, we're not rejoicing in anybody's error, but we're rejoicing in the fact that you've kept us and you've taught us your ways and you've taught us how to love your word and love truth. God, keep us, I pray, by your power. God, keep our minds. God, let us not be caught in the delusion that is so prevalent in the body of Christ. May we cling to the old rugged cross, I pray. This we ask in Christ's name. 
and for his sake. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Hey, um, somebody else is coming on after me. You can switch them. Hey, love y'all. Take care. God bless you. Well, good evening. You know, I, I, I agree with you, D. <laughs> he comes on every Tuesday and he says this is not a church service. Um, he talked about prayer. Could he pray for us? He know it's not a church service. It's not about it being a church service, Pastor. It's about who you are. This is who you are. You are a man of God, and you are so um, in tune to the mission that God has given you to take care of his people, that, that has, that's your priority. So it doesn't matter what you're doing or what the title of the broadcast is. We can guarantee ourselves we will always hear what that says the Lord. I want to take uh, uh, just a few minutes. Uh, actually, I wrote what I'm going to say, so I won't be off base and, and you know how I get, you know how I can get. So this is going to be straight through. First of all, thank you for your continued support of our ministry. Each year we honor our pastor with monetary gifts of love. Each year, we request a love gift in the amount of $300 per person. Each year, pastor adds a disclaimer to our, our appeal to give. That disclaimer is always, don't go into bondage. Each year, pastor adds an additional disclaimer. That disclaimer is, it's not how much you give or even if you give, but more importantly to him is that the teachings that he continues to pour into us every time he comes on broadcast or has poured into us over the years from the pulpit, that those teachings are life-changing for us. Life-changing and that we become people of God and that we allow the word of God to change us from the inside. Pastor has said this at least a thousand times and lo and behold folks, in the words of Joe Biden folks, I think I'm getting it. Each year we come and we make an appeal for why we should give to pastor to show him appreciation. Pastor Cedric, I think I get it. I think I get it now. I think I get it. And I think I understand why you consider, for lack of a better word, I'm, I'm going to stick with considers, uh, our appeals as um, allowing people to go into bondage, or even as begging for money. You've been teaching a lot about the cross and the importance 
of understanding and embracing what the cross means in the life of a Christian. You've been teaching a whole lot on a conviction of your heart. I know what you're thinking, and this is to, to us. You would have had 10 emails, some leadership phone calls, a commitment letter, and a promise to pay. Yep, that is indeed an exaggeration. But you would have had multiple um, invitations to give um, by now, but you haven't. What you've had is what the announcements that have been on Sunday morning. I have struggled this year to write just the appropriate note or message uh, to us. Because whatever I write, it's, it's to me as well. Uh, Pastor, I have heard you say many, many times, year after year, if we don't do first things first, in other words, if we don't put God first, we can't put anything else in order. If we don't put God first, there is no way for us to learn how to honor you. Needless to say, I've been in conflict about what to write or even what to say or not say. But you've made it very simple, Pastor, uh, in your teachings. Your teachings and the thing that you say constantly is trust God, believe God. You've said that a few times tonight. You have been saying this from day one, Pastor. I tell you something that touched my heart. Even though I didn't send out messages, I did add uh, pastor appreciation to push pay in lieu of making an earlier appeal. I checked push pay and lo and behold, I said, look at God. I checked push pay because I was receiving text messages phone calls, emails saying, what are we doing for pastor appreciation? It made me sit back and think about what pastor has been saying. What we do is truly a conviction that's within our heart. When we know that it's uh, anniversary time or appreciation time, something in our heart says, this is what, what I do. This is who, who I am. This is what I do. This is what I think my pastor is worthy of. Pastor, you are right again in your teaching. Trust God. So Living Word, Christian, fellowship, family, and friends, I trust that you will have a conviction in your heart that God's ways are right. 
And God has commanded us to honor those that have rule over us. First Timothy 5 and 17 reads, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word, in the word doctrine. So Pastor Cedric, you come on on Tuesday and you always say this is not a service. And even tonight, you said you talked about separating uh, this from church, but you're a church boy. You, you are church. Ain't nothing you do that ain't church. Everything you do got a little hint or a ting or a tang of church because that's who you are. You love the Lord and you trust the Lord and you give the Lord your all. And because of that, you make sure that the people of God, that's me and you guys, he makes sure that we're taken care of. This I probably have ought not to say, but since we've been out of the sanctuary, there has been so much um, going on behind the scenes. Um, our pastor has, uh, out of his pocket, and not out of the church uh, teal, because um, I ain't going to do that, but he has spent an over... $25,000 to maintain our building, our building that we are not even in. And I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking um, he'll get that back. We have insurance. Insurance will cover it. And you know what? I thought that as well until we really found out that most of his upfront out of pocket cost will not be covered by insurance. We give him and I, I don't even know where to go from here except for, I think you need to know the truth. That's something that pastor stands for, is the truth. So you need to know the truth about our pastor. Our pastor is footing the bill for our church, even though we can't be in there. We have never, at, at least for as long as I can remember, we have never really set um, a verbal goal that said, well, this year we're going to raise X amount of money for pastor. But I encourage you to participate in at least the $300 per person. Let's set a goal. 
let's make our goal at least covering at least the $25,000 out-of-pocket expense that has fallen on our pastor. Please, won't you join me? I know that even if each of us give the 300, it's not gonna cover that. I'm willing to forego my uh, order at home meals to give a little bit more. Please join me. Let's show our pastor we care. We care just as much as he cares. Pastor just said it. Without the cross, there is no savior. Without a savior, there is no conviction. We know the cross. We have a savior. We can trust him. We can trust him to meet our every need. Let's honor our pastor like we have never honored him before. Let's show him that his sacrifice matters and that we surely appreciate what he does. You can give now on PushPay. You can give in Cash App. And if you don't have the whole 300 at one time or the 500 or the 1,000 or whatever you're going to give, you can do it however you want to do it. We would just like to be able to present it all to him on the last Sunday of October. Join us. Celebrate with us. Let's honor the man that God has given us. Pastor, we love you and we appreciate you. Thank you guys for your time. Love you and hope to see you soon. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.